When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. This is the Vice Guide to Right Now, your inside look into the best of vice. It's Friday, March 1st. I'm Sophie Casas. Today, we're talking about the aftermath and ripple effects of Amazon's decision to cancel their second headquarters in New York. When Amazon announced earlier this month that it was scrapping its deal with New York to build a much hyped up second headquarters, or HQ2, thousands of people were thrilled. It's true that many New Yorkers had supported the plan, but a cluster of activists, union leaders, and politicians had honed in on the company's history of bad labor practices, weak community engagement, and indirect rent inflation to argue that it wasn't worth billions of dollars in tax incentives. Now, after the collapse of Amazon's New York plan, the ripple effects of that decision have reached Arlington, Virginia, home to the other half of Amazon's proposed HQ2. So today, I'm talking with Vice reporter Ankita Rao to learn more about what's happening in Arlington, Virginia. So you've been reporting on Amazon for a long time, and big tech companies and how they affect the health of cities and various communities within those cities. And today we're we're talking about Amazon's decision to cancel their deal in New York for HQ2 and kind of the ripple effects of that decision. So to start, why did we see so much pushback in New York and why haven't we seen the same level of resistance in Arlington, Virginia, which is home to the second half of the proposed HQ2 plan. There's a lot of reasons for this, and none of them are to say that there's no resistance in Arlington. But a lot of it comes down to historically where these cities or these neighborhoods are coming from. In New York, this is a city with one of the largest uh, number of unionized workers in the country and some of the strongest unions in the country. So organizing workers when there needed to be a united front against Amazon here was much easier than it is in a place like Arlington, Virginia, which has a much more disparate, you know, sort of cluster of communities that don't necessarily come together the way that people do in New York around these community decisions. Another big reason is that Arlington is one of the richest places in Virginia, Queens is not the richest borough in New York, and a lot of the communities impacted in Queens are working-class immigrant communities, which is not to say there are not working-class immigrant communities in Arlington, but the majority of the people there are not that. They are actually um, high-income, high-wage people who are either working in D.C. or working for some sort of government contractor, you know, in the area. And so... The impact on those communities, on on people who are already pretty well off, you know, upper middle class or or upper class, is not going to be as stark as it would have been on communities here. So 
the frustration, the anger around rising rent prices and, you know, basic restaurants and bars becoming more expensive, that kind of thing was not as um, obvious or or as bad, um, I'll venture to say, in a place like Arlington, Virginia. So after the New York plan was canceled, have we seen any effects on the plan to build the second part of HQ2 in Arlington, Virginia? Yeah, definitely. So first of all, like I mentioned before, there's been resistance in Virginia from the beginning, even before the project was announced in November, when Amazon was going through the bidding process of trying to figure out which city to even choose for their head, new headquarters, there were already people in Arlington that were organizing and, and saying, okay, what is this going to look like? Let's make sure we call the shots so that Amazon doesn't. Given that it's been a little bit quieter of a resistance, but when Amazon decided not to come to New York, I think that resistance got a lot more momentum because in a lot of ways, what's happening in Virginia is different as the populations are. The structure of the deal is very similar. It's still a huge amount of subsidized funding from the state that's allowing Amazon to come in. There's still money from the county that's allowing Amazon to come in. So the people who are against this, and these are mostly progressive people who have been organizing communities for a while, they're saying, okay, we've seen this work in New York. We've seen this company refuse to meet any community needs and also have the community actually in their eyes win. Why can't we do this here? And what's happening? I mean, is there growing support for that organizing and resistance or is it kind of still somewhat quiet? So there's growing support for sure. There are people showing up to county board meetings demanding that, you know, county board members vote down proposals that have been sort of on the table since Amazon decided to choose Arlington. You know, there's sort of community actions happening all the time. And I think now with seeing that New York turned out the way it did, people are paying more attention to those there's also a really interesting movement to make sure that all of the information is translated to different languages to reach all the communities impacted, because a lot of the information that Amazon put out and that the county put out and that the state put out was only in English. And the communities that bear the brunt of some of these decisions don't always, you know, read or write in English. And so there's been a lot of different efforts there that have been growing. And the state already approved their budget for Amazon. So there's not much that can be done there anymore, but the county is still up for vote. And so that's where the push has been. So what do you foresee happening as a result of the activism in Arlington, Virginia? I think it's hard to predict what will happen, especially given that nobody could have predicted what happened in New York. There was not one expert that I talked to. There's not one person who in their wildest dreams would have thought it would turn out that way. And the difference in Arlington is that as yet, there's not any politicians or public officials who have made it their stance to speak out against Amazon the way that they did in New York. I mean, there's some people who have sort of hinted at it and talked around it, but no one's taking the stance that the city council did here or that Mike Gianaris did here. And so it's not just activism. It also needs to reach the corridors of power. And that hasn't happened yet. So I would say that, again, there's no way to predict it. I don't want to be the one who does, but it's less likely for it to turn out the way New York did. What could happen, though, is I think that Amazon, because they're so much more careful and hesitant now about the way that they're operating, about the backlash they're getting, 
they could change the way that they unfold those plans. They could scale back. Just this week, they decided in Seattle to scale back an expansion plan too. So it's it's likely that they're starting to feel the weight of the responsibility that they have, and, and they may not expand the way that they decided to. But um, I don't know that I could say that it'll go the same way as New York. So other than the D.C. area and New York, what's happening elsewhere in the country with Amazon? And how do we see kind of the impacts of HQ2 stuff affecting other parts of the country? I think that's the most interesting question right now, because D.C. and New York are still in some sense, you know, power hubs. Whereas I think the really interesting thing is to see how Amazon and anti-Amazon activism is working in in other places that don't have the same leverage. In Minnesota, Amazon workers were striking, attempting to unionize. And while it didn't completely work because Amazon's a very anti-union company, they were able to get better working conditions and higher wages. If you look globally, Europe has been able to force the hand of the company for slightly higher wages, better working conditions. India actually decided that Amazon could not sell their own products because that was a monopolistic venture. And I think this is the sort of thing that we're seeing more of globally. And that is going to have the biggest impact on the company. It's not going to be whether they can operate in one big city or not. It's going to be, is there enough resistance that they'll have to actually change the way they operate and actually change the entire business model that they were relying on? And that includes exploiting workers. And so I think the impact in New York and D.C. is fascinating as a case study. But if we look beyond that, if we look at what's happening in Nashville now, if we look at the smaller towns that are losing their jobs to Amazon, how they react to Amazon and companies like Amazon will have a lot to do with where this country goes next. Well, let's end there. Thank you so much, Ankita. Thanks so much. You can read the full story at vice.com. That's it for now. Thanks so much for listening. And tune in again on Monday for another Vice Guide to Right Now. When your skin feels nourished and glows, you radiate confidence. Osea makes giving your skin a glow up easy with their clean, clinically proven Mega Moisture Duo. This seaweed-powered duo features two of Osea's bestsellers, Andaria Algae Body Oil and Andaria Collagen Body Lotion. Glow from the inside out. Get 10% off your first order with code GLOW at OseaMalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A Malibu.com, code GLOW.